Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Tailgate Kings, the post-draft edition. The dust has settled, boys. I'm Dr. Die here with Jason Reynolds and Chad, our chef, Jackson. And we're, uh, we're here to break down uh, some, some post-draft stuff. You know, the Saints, our teams, and uh, number one picks, who won the draft, who lost, and uh, what we think of the future of the season. So let's, let's not waste any time, guys, because I've been wanting to talk about this draft since day one, really. So I'm excited. Let's, uh, let's get started. So, Jay, for you, man, who, uh, who won the draft? Oh, you know, it's hard to dislike what the Chicago Bears did moving up to get Justin Fields. And I know I'm biased because I'm here in Ohio in the Buckeye State, right? But he's a heck of a talent. For him not to go in the top 10, if you can move up and nab him outside of the top 10 at that limited cost for just a few picks. And I think the minute he sets foot in Chicago, he might be the best quarterback the Bears have ever had, right? <laughs> Especially when you consider, you know, like they won a Super Bowl with Jim McMahon and there's their championships before that were, of course, you know, when people were wearing leather helmets and whatnot. So this is a, <laughs> this is a big step up uh, uh, getting a guy like Fields in there. I, I think it's going to be monumentous, especially I think it might chase Rodgers out of the division. You know, if, if Nagy can play his cards right with this quarterback, it's it's a pretty easy win. I think that they can capsize the the Vikings and a disgruntled Aaron Rodgers there in, in Green Bay. Uh, right behind them, I think it's hard to dislike what the Browns have done time and again. The Browns have become a really competitive team. And I think my Steelers and the Pats did what they always do, which is get their guy without moving on. <laughs> oh, the Pats. Those damn Patriots. Oh, Chad, who won the draft for you, my man? Well, you know – it, there's a lot of teams that really did well. I think this was one of those drafts where you, when you look at it, uh, it you, you zoom out and you see what all these teams did. Very rarely do you see teams just like blow or, or not blow it. There's always usually like one glaring, oh, you blew it. I, I don't think anybody had that moment. You know, the, the Raiders got some questions on reaching early. But, I, you know, I think the Jets were amazing. I agree again. Um, I think the, the Browns were exceptional in this. I think the Cowboys were, were all of what they should have done in focusing on their weakness on the defensive side of the ball. I, you know, really very few, like, wow, you blew that kind of teams. I, I don't – I think everybody – made the right sound choices for the first time in a long time. I don't see like, damn, that was bad. A bunch of bad picks. I think a lot of teams got better across the board. You know, you could, you could question some, some moves. I mean, the, the Jamar chase over the Panay Sewell for Cincinnati was a question mark for me, but you know, it looks like they shored up that part of what their needs were uh, in terms of filling in the offensive line uh, pre-draft and then, you know, in the later rounds. So I, you know, I think a lot of teams made themselves better. I think this is, this was one of the more fun drafts I've seen in a long time, just because I saw a lot of teams improve, which makes for a fun season potentially. No, I'm with you. That's why I think maybe the easier question might be who lost the draft. Cause I'm with you, Chad, there's a lot of really interesting team building picks and, and, smart picks from teams that you would expect maybe wouldn't make smart picks. Like you said, the Jets, the Jets, you know, were made intelligent picks throughout the draft. So that was really kind of surprising. I think Jacksonville in a sense may have, might've won the draft. Maybe it's because of Urban Meyer. Maybe I'm scared of Urban Meyer. Maybe because they got, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Lawrence and Etienne back together again. And right? they got some offensive line. You know, I mean, I, 
it's not going to be next season, obviously, but if Urban Meyer builds this thing, it could be really scary. People went from laughing about Urban Meyer into the NFL to starting to worry a little bit this weekend. I'm telling you, man, I, I don't – I mean, like you said, he's in my division too. And let's not forget, Jacksonville's what? Three years removed from an AFC championship game, albeit a little fluky. But still, you know, this team has talent. They've been getting talent. The problem is the talent's just been wanting to leave, right? Like Jalen Ramsey, get me out of there. Like Fournette, get me out of there. But if Urban Meyer can shore up that program, it's not like they don't know how to draft talent. So I, I, I guess we'll see what happens with Jacksonville. A little worried there. So they Jay, do have experience drafting early. <laughs> Uh, so Jay, who 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 lost the draft for you then, or or who who you think you know maybe just didn't do 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 the job they needed to do? Uh, you know, like I hate to state the the painfully obvious for for our friends, uh, uh, just just a little bit west of Louisiana, but it's the Texans. You know, like, really, really. I'm even a Mills Davis backer, but I don't think you take them that early, right? Okay, all um, right, all uh, right. The Stanford kid, like. Or sorry, Davis Mills, two-name yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm even a Davis Mills guy, but I don't think you take him that early. I saw, I happened to – I forget why I was home. One of my kids was sick or something. I happened to see his pro day in the rain, and I was like, wow, he's good. And I read up on him, and I was like, you know, he's he's a good guy. Like, he seems like a good draft pick, but not not round two. So, I, I, I'm going to – I don't know well, how I feel about that, and I think well, the it was it, it was it was like the start of round three, but yeah, no, I feel you. It, oh, it, sorry, day two started round three, but yeah, 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 like yeah, it was just like I don't know. It, it felt early, and then the Raiders took Leatherwood, which is a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of it being a cool name, it's one of those things. I mean, if these guys pan out, if Davis Mills pans out, if Alex Leatherwood pans out, if these guys become Pro Bowl players, then you look like a genius. But if not, you find yourself in that weird kind of like uh, uh, Sam Darnold kind of situation, you know, like where you moved up for somebody and now we're not sure about it. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I can see that. Houston's obviously is in a weird position as a franchise right now, regardless. But on top of that, they didn't have a pick till the third round. So, you know, it, I, I wonder what that's like to be a team and you're just sitting there watching guys go off the board left, right, and center, and then you finally get a pick. Uh, but, yeah. I'm with you though. Houston, Houston is a a questionable move with picking Davis Mills that early. Probably could have waited on him, but then again, like I said, didn't have that many picks in the draft, and who knows what this new regime is going to do. Chad, what do you got, man? Who's a uh, who lost the draft for you? Yeah, I agree with Jay. I mean, Houston just I, I think the losers in this draft were the teams that didn't have a lot of a lot of picks because surprisingly, this draft was pretty deep. There's a lot of of meat on the bone here, and the Texans only. I mean, what did they have? Two picks? I mean, I, I think or, or or three maybe. Uh, the Rams are another team that didn't didn't have a lot of opportunity to draw from the talent that was in this draft. It was like I said, I think deep. You know, uh, Seahawks also another team that had to do some adjustment on that offensive line and with some, some depth on the defensive side, and they didn't have a lot of picks, uh, you know. And, and, and really, honestly, did the Saints reach for Peyton Turner? I mean, I know that they're going to have some question marks after the end of the season with, with free agency on that defensive line. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that was really, uh, you know, the guy. I, but there's, there's your Raiders out there. I mean, there's 
the teams the teams that didn't have the number of picks that the bulk of these other teams that were obviously more in need had to give themselves a chance to rebuild. I mean, even my Niners, you know, like the Notre Dame offensive lineman doesn't really fit the scheme for us. I don't know that that's a great pick. So I think there's, there's teams that, that reached a little bit and, and might not have hit the mark. And the teams that didn't have the picks available to them were the ones that I think ended up losing in this draft. You know, that's, that's an interesting point, Chad. I, I, I will agree. A lot of the teams I thought had weaker drafts did seem to have fewer picks. And it seemed like, you know, usually when you have fewer picks, sometimes you make quality choices. And it seemed like in some of these, they were a little, uh, maybe a little um, overzealous on, 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 the, on, the, on only having like a couple picks. I also thought Denver, despite – I guess I was shocked Denver didn't take a quarterback. I guess that means they're all in on this Teddy Bridgewater trade. They're still with Drew Locke. I mean, I guess I just thought this. there's a lot of quarterbacks Dude, in this draft, The Broncos draft, will go into a battle with, like, a one-armed man at quarterback. One-armed <laughs> like man. I mean, they that's what care. they did last year, yeah. <laughs> and like, they have the – and since they won a Super Bowl recently, I can't talk too much smack on them because right. it worked. They got, they got at least one ring out of it. But, yeah, they totally believe build the team first and then throw anybody back there. I, I mean, I guess maybe they're still building, but I, I don't know if Drew Locke's the answer. Bring in Bridgewater. And I like Teddy. I hope Teddy gets a, a, a fair shot somewhere. You know, I just feel like Teddy Bridgewater is one of those guys ever since he hurt himself has never really um, gotten back up and just been bounced around from the Saints to Carolina to uh, to now to Denver. So maybe maybe Bridgewater gets a shot. So so we'll see. So what about the Saints? So I mentioned the Saints. Um, they took a quarterback, Ian Book. Um, Jay, I, I like that pick. I think you like that pick too, right? I love it. You know, look, I, I know a lot of people are raving about uh, uh, Bill Belichick getting Mac Jones in the first round and Mac Jones falling to him. I'd rather have Ian Book in the third or fourth round than Mac Jones in the first or second. I, I, I have them ranked about the same, right? Like, and that's nothing against Mac Jones. He's a great, fine product. He was at Alabama. He had very little hardship. <laughs> Ian Book played on some Notre Dame teams that were crazy and were in games way over their head and kept them alive. He, you know, he started more than 30 games, a three-year starter. He's won 23 games, the vast majority of his game, over 80%. He has a completion percentage over 60%. His, his, he has twice as many TDs as he has interceptions. He checks literally every box on the Bill Parcells list of why you draft a quarterback. I think if you're going to take a shot on a kid, this is a kid worth taking a mid-round shot on, and it's better than taking Mac Jones in the first or second round. I think they have the same exact odds of panning out. People forget, like, we, we make a big deal about somebody. Like Trevor Lawrence, like, yeah, we knew he was going to get taken number one. Who do you take when you're, you're, you're not so crappy you have the best draft pick, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Book is a very logical play, especially as it allowed us to shore up so much defense in the first and second round before taking him. Very smart move, exactly how you should play this. We don't know where Jameis Winston is going. We don't know where Hill is going. We don't know, like, you know, maybe Winston's LASIK worked. Maybe the no risk it, no biscuit offense just wasn't for him. Or maybe he's just not that good. So, so, so Ethan Book is a very safe guy to bring into that three quarterback mix. Give him a chance to learn. I love that pick. And I love, especially when it came, that it wasn't a waste of a first or a second round got the, 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 the support we needed, the defensive support we needed, and then got a quarterback that has as good of odds as a first-rounder. Man, I, I'm, I'm totally with you, dude. I love Ian Book. I mean, I hope that he just doesn't uh, fall into, you know, like the, the recent trend of, you know, Notre, Notre Dame quarterbacks, I guess, into the NFL, right? Like, it seems like it's, uh, it's kind of like the Ohio State thing, right? That was kind of the, 
the thing on fields was that, uh, you know, it's like, oh, but what about all those Ohio State quarterbacks who came out, you know, and and, and didn't make it, you know, or didn't didn't do what they were supposed to. And, and uh, like, you know, Brady Quinn and and uh, guys like Deshaun Kaiser and whatnot, you know, um, recently, uh, I guess even in some ways, Jimmy Clausen, you know, some Notre Dame quarterbacks who didn't pan out. Yeah, but quarterbacks, this is what I'm saying, quarterbacks generally don't work out in the NFL. Like, who's the last LSU quarterback to win a Super Bowl or the last Alabama quarterback to win a Super Bowl? No, I'm totally with you there. Totally with you there. Like, you never know where the quarterback's going to come so, from. So, like, we can say, like, Notre Dame doesn't work out or Ohio State doesn't work out, but I, I don't know if right, our SEC right. schools work out that often either. The, the odds, it, it's really a crapshoot. That's why waiting is smart. No, no, I'm totally with you. No, I mean, you never know. Like, like what, uh, Big Ben's from what, Mi- Miami of Ohio, right? Or something? No, where's he from? Is that it? No, uh, yeah, know. Miami of Ohio. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I was making sure I got it right. And yeah. the Breeze is, is a broiler maker from Purdue, right? Yeah, name another Purdue quarterback who's ever, you know, done anything. Like, that's the only reason I know Purdue at all. Like, I thought Purdue was a football power in the 90s because of Breeze. And then I was like, what? Huh? What happened to Purdue? You know, no, one hit wonder entirely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Chad, what do you think, man? Uh, we're, like I said, you don't like the Saints first round pick. I'll admit they might have reached a little bit. It's kind of a, you know, he's from played at Houston. It might have been like a close evaluation thing, you know, maybe, you know, too close to New Orleans. But overall, you know, what do you think of the Saints draft? I, You know, you can't fault him for taking book. I think that there's reason to believe there's going to be competition in that room start the season. You know, you, you're right. I mean, um, I, I, again, agree with Jay. You know, how much differentiation is there between a Mac Jones and an Ian Book? And it's why I was so relieved to see my Niners not take Mac Jones and go with the, the huge upside and, and the guy who, by all comps, uh, nailed the, the postseason and pre-draft um, combine setups and, and came out as the guy that we picked who I said we were going to pick if we didn't trade for Rogers. Cause there was a sense that we might go after Rogers because he was going to get pissed off with his situation. And now that's a whole other story to deal with, but you know, Ian book, how, how much difference really is there in Ian book than Mac Jones? I don't think that's a, a, a huge, a huge difference. And uh, you know, the, the, the major difference is, he didn't get Najee Harris, Waddle, and Davis. You know, he didn't get that level of talent, that that offensive line, that defense, you know, the pro style that uh, Saban has made a, a fortune in, in just – I mean, all he has to do to roll out recruiting tape for the next five years is just show this draft. I mean, how many, how many of those Alabama kids went in the first three rounds? I mean, geez. So, you know – I think Ian Book, while not a not a superstar talent, is going to be a guy who, when it is all said and done by the end of the uh, preseason, watch that he's not in the mix on at least an opportunity to be taking snaps because I think he's probably got um, more physical talent as a quarterback than Hill does, and and as as much of a winner, if not more, than is Winston. So. If there's a steal in this whole thing, it's probably him. You know, maybe they overreached early. They didn't have a number of picks in this pick, this draft, but I think they might have made the most of it in book. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, look, we'll see what happens. And Winston's on a one-year contract. Book, book can sit for a year. Sean Payton can play one year. He's not going to get any any heat 
if the Saints don't make the playoffs next year after the run he had with Breeze. So I think I think Sean Payton's got a year or two to figure it out with Book as well. So as Jay said, if Winston doesn't work out, if the LASIK wasn't enough, you know, then uh then Book could be could, Book could be the quarterback of the future on a team that, as Jay pointed out, yeah, man, we reloaded on defense really nicely before we picked up Book as well. So here here we go, Saints. Who dat? Hopefully that's a good draft that like I said gets the Saints back in a Super Bowl. Uh, contention in the next couple of years but what about Jay what about your Steelers they picked up Najee Harris we're talking about Alabama guys you got the guy you wanted that's the guy you wanted before the draft I think even right so what what about your Steelers man I mean wh- how do you feel about this draft for your guys outside of Najee Harris like that obviously Najee Harris is going to fill that big need left with James Conner leaving and and no real other running back on the on the on the board, but you guys like also took, you guys took another tight end. I feel like, I feel like you guys have been running tight ends through that offense for a while now. Is that too early to take a tight end? Do you like taking a tight end? What else? I think that's what people will, well, the one thing people might harp on about the Steelers draft is taking the tight end before taking the offensive line, which is obviously what Big Ben and now Najee Harris are going to need. A thing I'll say about Najee Harris that I didn't know from watching so much film, but that I learned through studying him as, as it became clearer and clearer we were going to pick him, is he's just a hell of a good guy, man. Like, his decision to, like, adopt Megan Raponi's uh, celebra- goal celebration for, for football, kind of in, in, in solidarity with women wanting equal pay, right? And then to throw a draft day party for the people at the homeless shelter he lived in as a kid. Like, you know, like, we often talk about the best player in the draft. I think he, he, it's hard to argue he's the best person in the draft. And that goes a long way in Pittsburgh, which is still kind of like licking its wounds for making mistakes on character guys like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, right? So um, Plexico Burris, who left Pittsburgh and shot himself in the ass, literally, right? So, like, <laughs> so, so picking a dude who really cares about community, who cares about equal rights, who, 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 who doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk and goes and like throws a party for a homeless shelter he, he, he once lived in. That, I, you, you gotta love that. And then moving down the line items, look, we, we need the guard. We, we need the, the tackles, and it makes sense. A lot of people will argue, why did you get Pat Fryermouth from Penn State first? But, man, he's a big tight end. And if there's one thing we talk about repeatedly, it's you can't win in today's NFL without a big tight end, right? I mean, look, uh, you, you know, you win the Super Bowl with, yes, it's with Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes, but it's also with Travis Kelsey or Rob Gronkowski, right? The, the Niners are in there with Kittle, right? Like, you need a big big huge target in the middle of the field a guy who can block too a guy who can create those seam passes so it's it's hard to pass up on a big tight end especially when you have Vance McDonald just retired from Pittsburgh Eric Ebron is a fine tight end he works in two tight end sets but I don't think he's the lead dog so I think this was another really really smart pick um, and then the offensive line help and line, uh, and three and four makes sense I think the guy who might have been sneaky good on the Steelers was Quincy Roach from Miami. <laughs> um, he, he, it doesn't make sense to a certain extent because you already got T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, but but Roach is going to make it. So the Steelers, who have already re- led the NFL in sacks for like three years, are now going to never give a quarterback a minute of rest because when Watt or Highsmith needs a break, they're going to come in with an other outside linebacker who's just going to destroy the quarterback. So the Steelers' defense, even drafting in the late rounds, just gets better and better. But, Jay, your team also didn't take a quarterback, a team that I figured kind of needed one at some point. Like, But I'll admit, you guys got interesting backups on the roster. You guys got Dwayne Haskins, uh, Josh Dobbs is still there, Mason Rudolph. But I can't believe you think any of these guys are the answer. 
were you surprised that you guys didn't look at a quarterback at all? I guess, I mean, I just figured maybe, but I don't know. I guess there's nobody. That's a good question. I don't know why you do though. Like, look, you know, people are going to harp on the Steelers and Roethlisberger and they're right in a lot of ways. He has numbers, you know, that are middle of the road. Right. But if you won 11 games straight and you made the playoffs and you didn't get a bye week until you rested your starters against Cleveland before you lost to Cleveland the following week. Right. I, I don't, I, I think if you're going to go in for one last season, go in. And with the quarterback thing here, I don't know who you'd move up for. I mean, the bears made the fields move. I don't think the Steelers had the, the draft assets. So I think they're just going for broke this year and they are going to have the defense and now the run game and the offensive line. But next year, all they need is a quarterback. And remember, they're going to free up a lot of salary next year with Ben gone. Um, and with a lot of uh, even guys who are gone that are costing money like Bell and Brown going off the books this year and next, I think they're going to have the assets to move up and get a quarterback if they need one next year, if they don't get one through a trade or through free agency, and they'll have the ability financially to do that. All right. So you think your Steelers would actually maybe move up in the draft next year, like jump into like maybe the top three? Because let's be honest, your Steelers, let's fit, we'll say they finish at worst, what, like picking 16th maybe or something, you know? So Yeah, it's, it's hard when you're a playoff team every right, year to, like, right. to ever get a quarterback. You have to make a move. But with the rest of the team set up this nicely, you know, like I think there's going to be an opportunity to make those moves. I think it's very viable. And you look at their cap, like this year is horrific, but next year is like, they're going to be 40 million under or something like that. They're, they're going to be fine. They'll be able to make a move and it might be in free agency too. I've never known them to get a free agent quarterback, but, uh, but there's a first time for everything. When they brought in Bettis, I thought it was a shockingly weird move for us too. And it worked out. So soon happens. All right. Chad, your team got a quarterback though. Was it the quarterback you wanted? Did you want Trey Lance over Justin Fields, let's say, for instance? I mean, was it the guy? Was that who you wanted at three? Yes. If we're going to keep the pick and draft, I, I said early that Lance is the guy with the most upside, the most um, moxie in terms of want to and, and ready to grow and, and ceiling-wise the, the potential – I thought was the highest for him. And you see all of these um, front office guys talking about what a, what a brilliant and, and insightful, smart and truly good person he is. Uh, yeah. I, I, I absolutely wanted him. I'm, I was ready to roll the dice. I was terrified that we were going to get trapped into that Mac Jones. And I was praying it was a smoke screen to, get some pressure off of them by the time, because I couldn't understand how you would move up from 12 to three to take Mac Jones when he ultimately ended up going 15th. So there would have been no sense in that really. So, yeah, I mean, if we're not going to trade that pick and, and Garoppolo to the Packers for Rogers, that's the guy, he was the guy. And, and yeah, ahead of Justin Fields, I, I think Fields has a lot of the intangibles, but I think, he also, um, he's, he's more a known quantity. I think with Shanahan's ability to, to really grow talent and his, uh, what we've seen in, in his past of how he develops young quarterbacks, I think he recognized he needed something outside the box of what he's had in his past and what he's traditionally gone for. And he went outside the box and he risked it a little bit more than you know, he gave on that he was gonna. And I think that's, that's, you know, 
He's a better thrower than Kaepernick. He's got wheels like Kaepernick. He's the kind of decision maker that uh, it looks like will have uh, a real impact on this team probably sooner than later with Garoppolo's injury history. It's not so much the, the, the quarterback pick that I'm worried about. It's, uh, you know, the next two following the Banks pick uh, doesn't really fit the scheme. He's not really uh, a mobile agile guy. He's a more of a mauler out of Notre Dame. And Sermon's not a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. While well, I like him, you know, he had, he had a strong finish to the season for Ohio state. He's not really the, the type of guy who um, fits the brand, the Elijah Mitchell pitch pick out of Louisiana. That's more of a fit for us. So, and then we went heavy on the, the defensive backs, which is an issue. I like the Ambry Thomas pick from Michigan uh, quite a bit. Um, the, the kid Jalen Moore from Western Michigan, probably in my opinion, will get uh, more looks early on than, than banks. Um, but the kid from, uh, from Oregon uh, and and the kid from USC, both those those uh, secondary guys, I think we'll we'll see minutes in, in a system that has lost some of those guys at that position. You know, we're talking now about readdressing Sherman. There's word that he might resign. So, who knows what that secondary will look like? But they addressed their needs overall. They took a risk on Lance, but I think they took the right risk. No, you're, you're, I'm, I'm with you on, on 90% of that. You're right, though. I mean, there wasn't much your Niners really needed outside of quarterback play and, you know, a, a consistent running back. Because in some ways, one of the things about your Niners last season was everybody in the backfield was always hurt from, you know, Mostert to uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. and whatnot. All those guys were missing time. So, um, I think, you know, you didn't get – Justin Fields, but you got his buddy in the backfield, uh, Trey Sermon. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that works out. And they picked up Wayne Gallman. You know, quietly people forget that was the offseason move. And Wayne Gallman was, while not a star, he fits the system. You know, he's a guy who fits what it, what the Niners are doing. I think Mitchell is is more a guy who's likely to see see some reps earlier uh, than Sermon. Sermon's a Sermon's a, a, a blitz package guy. He's a he's a, a, a excellent blocker. He's he's a power runner, and he'll snake some touchdowns from Mostert close to the goal line. But he's not like the, the speed guy, the, the 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 traditional. Oh, he's not uh, the flash guy. That, that zone guy, players. you know? Yeah, exactly. So I, I I was surprised by that pick. I hope it works out, but. Overall, the secondary – addressing the secondary was really the thing that was the most important and getting some help on that offensive line. And they did those things. I just worry about those, those second and third picks. I just don't know. I, they, I think they might have overreached a little bit there. Yeah, hey, you know what college has produced the most NFL professional offensive linemen? Wisconsin. Notre Dame. Wow. <laughs> It's O-line, you know, like US, USC is like the quarterback school. Notre Dame is the offensive lineman school. They've been producing offensive linemen for like decades. So I think you actually made a smart pick there, going with somebody from a reliable system that plays a pro style, that understands it wholly. I think that'll work out well, especially if you're going to go with a Trey Lance in there who's coming straight out of college and is going to need good pr protection. Those guys coming up together could be really good for you for years to come. 
What does this do to Jimmy G? I mean, is he done in San Francisco? Is he? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you guys. What, where do you guys think that that whole thing lands? Because I, I, I'm I'm under the belief that they're going to do kind of what they did with Patty Mahomes in in Kansas City, and they're gonna they're gonna go and and you know I think kind of rightfully so. I don't know that that JG has has played himself out of a position. He's just you know hurt a lot. So. I, I I liked the idea of keeping him and the familiarity with the system and, and really, you know, that being what Shanahan has always wanted in that pocket passer and that, that guy who, who can be what Jimmy is. I, I think it gives him a chance to break in Lance at the right speed without having to pressurize him into situations where he probably isn't ready. I'm, I'm very, this was my question to y'all was, how do you think that plays, and, and do you do you feel like uh, that's the right decision? Uh, Jay, I'll let you go first, man. I, I I think that's a tough that's a tough one. I'm not sure what you do with Jimmy G this season. I guess a I don't know what his contract situation is. I'll look that up while you're uh, while you're while you're going at it. That's a really good good question. I think if it's not contract if his contract isn't cost prohibitive, I, I think you do hold on to him exactly like Chad said, and you you just you know. I mean, he's going to be the clipboard guy. He's recovering from an injury. It's a tough situation. You know, hey, as long as he doesn't start protesting the anthem, uh, <laughs> right? He could probably get a job somewhere afterwards. The Niners have had some bad quarterback luck this decade, i got to tell you. Uh, uh, for Alex Smith to, uh, to, to Cap to now Jimmy G, I hope this Lance thing um, gets them over the hump here in, in the quarterback situation. I really, I really don't know what to do with him. If his contract is like for $20 million, I think you got to try to offload him just so you don't have him down the line. But if he doesn't cost you that much, yeah, he's a fine backup. And then maybe he gets in a couple games, not because Lance is hurt, but maybe you guys are in the playoffs and and he, he starts game 16 or something, and then maybe you can't get something for him. It's weird, too. I've been thinking about this. Like, I know he had a lackluster performance in the Super Bowl, but he had a good season, yet he seems to have no value whatsoever. It, it's a very strange, strange situation with him that I really – can't figure out and I don't know where he goes minus the the anthem protest he reminds me of Kaepernick where you go to a Super Bowl you lose the Super Bowl and then your your performance just seems so why after that that nothing happens so I, he, he's an interesting character and I don't know what you do with him I feel like it's a real conundrum all right I don't know enough about contracts to be able to tell you but this year his cap hit is 26 million but his dead cap is 2.8 million so I don't know if that means if they trade him they'd only have 2.8 dead cap money i'm not sure how that works but he's under contract through next year or next season that he wasn't traded during the draft tells you all you need to know i i think i think garoppolo is going to start the season as the starting quarterback see i'm also curious because i feel like you in some ways your coaching staff is kind of ruined garoppolo's value like ever since that super bowl we've heard nothing but the fact that it was if it hadn't been for jimmy garoppolo you know, maybe they'd won that Super Bowl. So I wonder how much, you know, the, uh, you know, the gloss is off Jimmy Garoppolo as well. You know, I mean, he's now like, what, going to be with his third team if he leaves? Um, two teams then wouldn't have wanted him anymore. Um, I mean, I'm sure you can still get something for him, but who, 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 where else would he be starting maybe? I mean, I guess you could move him to Denver or something, you know, but Kaepernick didn't want to do that either. So there you go, Jay. It's a perfect parallel. Nobody wants to go play. The gloss is off. The gloss no, is yeah, off. There's, right? there's an odd parallel. If you take out the protesting of the anthem, right, and you just look at it on talent, it's almost identical situation. Went to a Super Bowl, 
didn't win the Super Bowl, lackluster, and then nobody knows what to do with the guy. It's strange. He, he wound up in the same sort of Kaepernick purgatory. I mean, I think, I, I think uh, you know, I guess you start him because I don't know what you start with Trey Lance for the season. I guess you keep him just for that sake. Like, I don't know, Chad, who, who else you got? You still, I think Garoppolo, Garoppolo is going to start. Beat Hart's yeah. gone, right? Beat Hart's not there anymore, right? So, yeah. And, and look, the, the truth of it is, if, if Garoppolo stays healthy, look at his winning percentage as a starter. He's quite productive as a guy that once he, when he's in the game, you get the value from him. Yeah, he wasn't uber productive in the postseason two years ago, but he's still a guy who can win you win you games. And the problem the problem with Garoppolo it's injury. It's the, injury. No, well, it's also injury, and, and and this might be partly to injury, but over the past two seasons, Garoppolo has the third highest interception rate of all quarterbacks. So and one thing Shanahan does not like to do is turn the ball over. And we've seen as well, as you point out in the draft. Drafted a guard and a running back as well. And you know Shanahan loves that running system that, that you know his daddy created and he's kind of perfected. So um I think that zone blocking a- scheme he has created creates incredible opportunities for guys at the running back position. Exactly. And the rest of the rest of it is don't screw it up. Just don't screw it up. And and Garoppolo has turned the ball over, but they still have won. That defense is going to get their guys back. They're going to be healthier. You know, you're going to see an improvement just by uh, health in, in, in terms of that defense. So you're going to see games where the time of possession is going to change and the defense isn't going to be on the field nearly as much. I, I, I'm, I'm still – the jury is out for me a little bit on Garoppolo. As much as I am – static to get Lance in because I think he's more dynamic, a playmaker with both his feet and his arm. I still think this is Garoppolo's team to start I mean, the season. How long do you want to wait though, Chad? If you're especially if you're Shanahan, how long do you want to wait on Lance? Especially when you've got this team and I, I know you believe it. I know Shanahan believes it. This Niners team is ready to compete for a Super Bowl. How long do you want to wait? Do you want to wait I want to wait until he wins the job. If Lance wins the job, then he's the guy. And as soon as he's the guy who's better more able and apt to take the team to the, the place that Lynch and Shanahan vision, then he should be in there. But to start the season, I think we've seen he hadn't played a whole lot last year. I mean, what did he play? Three games? So he's still, you know, not got the – he's still green. He's still, he's still going to need a training camp. He's still going to need some time, some tutelage. And Jimmy reaching out to him, being the first to tweet at him, text him, tell him, hey, boy, I'm happy to be here to help you. You know, it shows a lot about the character of the man that he is. And I think that that bodes well for how this whole thing plays out. I think Jimmy knows who he is and who he's not. And he's not Joe Montana. He's not Steve Young. He's a guy who can be a serviceable, helpful part of a winning organization, but he's never going to be the dynamic playmaker that Trey is. It's just a matter of how fast can you get Trey up to speed. I, we don't know that. We, we don't know. It, it appears from all of the, the, the talk that I've heard, this is a character guy who wants to learn and is quick learner and is a smart kid as well as talented athlete. So it may come along faster than we expect, but it, it's nice to have that little blanket knowing that Garoppolo wins 75% of the time that he starts the game. And Jimmy G knows how to be a backup. All right, so Chad, your Niners should be fine. As for me, dude, my Titans, um, 
I'm not sure. We, I feel like we took the right guys. We got a lot of defense there, but I feel like my division outside of Houston got a lot better too. So I'm, uh, I'm just worried in general, guys. I mean, uh, what, what do you think about the AFC South? Cause I'm going to, I'm worried about, like I said, Jacksonville and urban Meyer in a couple seasons. Jay, I know that you're a big fan of uh, Frank Reich and Indy. Um, I'm not sure if Carson Wentz is going to be the fit there, but man, that Indy team just looks just devastating after this draft too. And, I mean, I know you're not a big fan of Davis Mills, Jay, but I mean, if he is the quarterback and Deshaun Watson is not, I mean, it's not, it, it, it's, who knows, man. I mean, the AFC South is just, it's getting to be like your AFC North up there, man. The Browns, the Bengals, Baltimore, your Steelers, it's just getting cloudy. So I don't know who, who, who do you got? Who, who do you got on my Titans? Do you think my Titans could pull off another AFC South, Jay? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, the fate of your Titans very much rests on the back of Carson Wentz. <laughs> Right? right? That's like, what I'm saying, dude. Like, if he's, if he's the bad Carson Wentz that we all know and hate from, from, from Philadelphia, you guys, you know, you're going to run away with that division because it's going to take a while for anybody else to build. But if Wentz is 75% of what he was his first two or three years in Philly, you're in some real trouble. And, and the Colts just – they just double down on that young defense. Their defense is so good. And they just went with two defensive ends in round one and two. Right. Michigan and Vanderbilt, like big, quick dudes. And it's just like, I don't know how you even keep up with, with that defense. They are really, really good. They seem stacked. I, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't know about the Texas, uh, uh, who was named Sam Ellinger, the, the quarterback from Texas. I don't know if he's the answer after Wentz, but I think it's interesting that they did take a young QB. I know they said for a long time, we're not taking the right now QB. We're waiting for the right QB. And I'm curious if they are like, hmm, this might be the guy. We'll just bring him in. He's not going to be a threat to Wentz. It's not going to hurt us. It's a six-round pick. So I, the Colts have improved really, really fast. And if you take away the fact of losing luck uh, uh, out of the equation, I mean, they've been pretty much perfect. So it, it should be interesting to see what happens here. I think you still have the division right now. But it really comes down to those two head-to-head -head games against the, the, the Colts. I mean, see, I'm just worried because we lost receivers in Johnny Smith and Corey Davis, and I'm not sure if we replenished well enough. You know, I mean, we picked up two guys. Racy McRaceface? Yeah, Racy race McMath. And, you know, he went to LSU, and I've never even heard of him. So that's that's not good. But I feel like, you know, Racy McMath could be a – maybe he's a punt returner. You know, get the Matt McMath punt returner or something. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just worried, man, because our Titans D was so bad last season. That is just – it's scary, man. It's just scary to think about. But we picked up a lot of D. We'll see how it works out. Like I said, we won the division, but I'm scared of those Colts. I don't know, Chad, but, man, Chad, should I be scared of Jacksonville, though? I mean, come on. Let's, we talked about Urban Meyer a little bit. But how many years, Chad, do you give it before Trevor Lawrence is – the Trevor Lawrence, like, we thought he was, you know, two years ago after Clemson won the national title. We thought he should just come straight out of college. Yeah, he, he's, he's sick, and we all know it. And he's, he's got – uh, a mastermind, um, you know, the HN pick to get his boy in there. And then they, they, you know, they do smart things. They get a whole bunch of different guys. You know, they get, they get line help. They get secondary help. They get defensive line help. Uh, you know, they, they, they didn't really miss anybody. They were indiscriminate in where they, they picked, uh, guys, I, I think they've addressed all their needs, and, and it's clear that Urban has a plan. I, I think uh, 
you know, they can be up to speed relatively quickly. Uh, they're not, they're not a, a whipping boy anymore. I, I mean, if they're not at the top of the draft heap in terms of their letter grade for what they did, they're, they're right there. So, uh, you know, Urban doesn't like to lose and knows how to build a winner and, and really doesn't ever lose. That's kind of his, his, his staple to his personality. And I don't lose. So, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to see them be a force here sooner than later. How fast they get the, uh, the rest of those guys up to speed. I don't think Lawrence is the question. I mean, I, I think you're going to see him be exactly what we expected him to be. I mean, you know? if, if that's the case, Chad, I mean, the wide receiver core isn't like it's, you know, awful or anything. DJ Shark, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, you know, who looked really good last season, his rookie, I think his rookie year. And then on top of that, Jay, I know you love James Robinson out of that backfield, you know, and you pair him with – It gives time to, time to grow. I exactly. Mean, like, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you, you have a guy who, who was uh, uh, an undrafted free agent who rushed for over 1,000 yards and played in like 13 games, right? <laughs> so that's a pretty stacked backfield already. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think there's going to be growing pains. Okay. Uh, uh, there's just no doubt about it. That happens. But for them to be in a wild card position, I, I would not be surprised in the slightest. I think the biggest disadvantage for Jacksonville is they are in the same division as the Titans and the Colts. And the Titans and the Colts have been neck and neck as playoff teams, and I think they will be again. That doesn't mean the Jags aren't fighting for an additional playoff spot, especially like we don't know if they're keeping this extra wild card team. If they keep an extra wild card team, I can see the Jags actually being in the running for it. Oh, man, yeah, no, that could be scary. That could be scary. All right, so let's talk about the, the biggest surprise story that came out right before the draft started, and that's that Aaron Rodgers is unhappy. All right, so we look at that. We look at Green Bay's draft. What, do you think Rodgers is happy now? Because I don't think he is. If you look at how Green Bay's drafting, I don't think they're drafting for Rodgers. It feels like they're drafting for Jordan Love. Am I, am I crazy? Have you guys looked over Green Bay's draft at all to, to see this? That is that really that big a surprise, though, that he's unhappy? Like, really? No shit. But, I mean, but I mean, I, I'm just yet again, they can't draft a wide receiver in the, in the first or second round. And do and you see the guy that they did draft a wide receiver – you see the, who they drafted in the third round, the one wide receiver they got? See what his name is? Amari Rogers. My, buddy, my buddy's joking. And he's like, look, they're just waiting for when Rogers leaves. They're going to change this dude's number to 12 so they don't have to change out any jerseys. They're just <laughs> – they're not losing any inventory. <laughs> Am I crazy, man? Like, what's up with, what's up with the Packers? Are, 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 is, this, is this good business, bad business? I mean, Jay, where do you stand with these Packers? You know, I don't know. Like, the Packers are – it seems that every draft there's some story about how Aaron Rodgers is unhappy. Eh, tough luck, man. You make millions of dollars. You're on a historic franchise. You've won a Super Bowl, <laughs> right? Like, get it together. Play for your team or demand a trade, right? <laughs> right? Like, and I don't know, like, draft-wise, you know, having watched the Packers pretty clo closely for three or four years, I think they actually did this – this year I'm not sure. But in previous years, I don't think they needed to go and get a wide receiver. They needed to shore up that offensive line. They needed to get a good run game going. Aaron Jones, I thought he would be okay. But once they got the line together, he's turned out to be a great running back. And that gives Rodgers the, the move to, room to breathe. Like, I, you know, sometimes people look and they're like, well, you need a receiver. You need a receiver. You need a receiver. But you don't want to end up in a Joe Burrow situation. You got an army of receivers and a busted leg, right? <laughs> so so I, I got to think, like, 
it's not that bad of a situation. You're in the playoffs. I think they've been, what, the NFC Championship game in back-to-back years. I, you can't say they're doing a bad job. So if Rodgers is a malcontent, I, I don't know where he wants to go or who he wants to go play for. I think he's actually got it pretty good. I mean, you're right. I mean, like, it seems like every year lately, it's, I don't know, I, Green Bay just – it's, it's like the weirdest franchise. It feels like dysfunctional, yet you turn around to last season, they're in the NFC Championship game with the MVP and uh, winning the, the NFC North again. So, uh, Chad, is this much ado about nothing? Or is Rodgers really gone? And, and, and are the Packers handling this right? Because, you know, we look at it, the, the Favre situation from when, when Rodgers came in, everybody would say, yeah, yeah, that'd end up working out. But I don't know if Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look. The Packers had an A, A, almost A-plus draft. I mean, Stokes, this kid is good. This kid is as good as anybody at his position in the draft. They got an a offensive lineman, a center from Ohio State. They got uh, um, a, another offensive tackle out of Ole Miss. You get an, a, a, the offensive lineman, uh, Van Lannan from Wisconsin, which is a factory. So, you know, you, you're beefing up what is already a strength and you address some of the, the needs that you had defensively uh, with the linebacker from Boston college, you know, you, you've, you've, you've rounded out your roster. I don't know what Aaron has to be too upset about because nobody's trying to say that he's not the man. They tried to offer him more money. They tried to renegotiate and give him uh, a, a, a better stake in this whole thing. I don't, I don't really understand what it is he has to be that upset about. I mean, they, they even went out and got another running back, the kid from Mississippi State. You know, it's like, uh, you know, return specialists, they've got – it seems like an abundance of riches. I don't understand why he's so PO'd. Uh, you know, what, what the level of disrespect comes from. I mean, if we're still holding on to the Jordan Love thing, it, it seems to me their offense wasn't the issue last year. You know, it wasn't like they didn't – what were they, top six, eight in the, in the league in, in total offense? It's not – he's an MVP. I mean, what, what else do you – what do you want? What are the other things that you want? I mean – To go for it on fourth down. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. You want to be a play caller, then, then ask, like, for, ask we, for part of the responsibility. Can franchise to be the California for my girlfriend, please? Oh, God. No, <laughs> I, that, that actually might be yeah, good. Yeah, he really has nothing to complain about. No, no, that's that, – yeah, that's really – it seems like much to do about nothing for this guy. I mean, are you just bitching for bitching's sake, or, or, or do you really have a beef here? What is the beef? I'm, no, I'm concerned. It, I don't. I'm confused and, <laughs> and and concerned that I don't understand why he's so pissed off. I mean, there's there's every reason to be happy. You know, you, especially with your your disposition, you're not a real amenable guy. You're not a real. Right, right. Rogers is like, as I've got older, I don't look as good in bright yellow. Change the uniform colors. Like, what, what does this if guy that, want? Like, if that's the bitch. If that's the bitch, then that kind of makes sense, Jay. Then that, that actually would be something I could understand why he's pissed. But everything else seems to be falling in around him. And, and you're in a spot where you don't have to deal with the media. You have an organization that's owned by the fans, so you really aren't accountable to anybody. So it's like, well, I, I'm struggling to understand why you're so upset? What What is it that's stuck in your craw to make you want something different or something new? And where is that something new? What are you going to 
I mean, because out of the gate, the the next contender was was Denver. Is Denver is really is that a better situation? Nah, he's he's going to be in Vegas. He's going to be in Vegas in a year. He's going to be in the Raiders. This is what Gruden. Gruden. Gruden's going to win. Chad Gruden in his ten year plan is going to get Rogers for the final two of it. Well, he can't draft. That's what's going to happen. He and, he and the other guy. What's his name? The 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 general manager. That's. I, I mean, I, I, I'm Gruden, as smart as he is and as well-developed as he is as a personality, doesn't seem to have his finger on the pulse of how to draft. Hey, he's got 10 years, man, or I guess five more or something, you know, so he's got time. And I'm curious. So he doesn't how much... care? He can draft a fifth-round <laughs> hey, offensive tackle he, in the he, first round, and that'd be all right? He's trying to sell jerseys. He's trying to sell jerseys, you know. So I guess Leatherwood looks really hot. On looks great, great on a Raiders jersey. Get ready. <laughs> so, um, but I also wonder how much these uh, superstar girlfriends, right? Um, as you said, Shailene Woodley, maybe getting Aaron Rodgers a little uppity. You got Ciara, maybe getting Russell Wilson a little uppity. You know, I mean, so maybe, uh, maybe it's these superstar girlfriends that are used to getting whatever they want. Or like, how come you guys don't get whatever you want? Uh, well, I mean, it goes back to the the Tom Brady thing. You know, she she told him, "Look, we're going we're going to Florida, bro." So, well, yeah, you, Tom Brady's like the last. Out. We were talking about Tom Brady's like the last Gen X quarterback. You know, isn't he? Like everybody you, else. <laughs> you figure it out. You figure it out. Is it Miami or are we going to Tampa Bay? I don't really care, but we're going to warm weather where there's at least a, a solid fashion week for me. All right. So speaking of quarterbacks, now we know where at least the big five went. All right, and. I think all of them kind of end up in a favorable situation, right? We've talked about Trevor Lawrence down there in Jacksonville and Urban Meyer. Zach Wilson gets uh, Robert Salah, who's coming from Shanahan's offensive mind, a defensive power mind. But he's got some nice wide receivers up there, and they went O-line with their next pick to a smart move by the Jets, take care of their quarterback uh, of the future. Uh, what we had, obviously, um, we talked about Trey Lance going to your Niners, Chad. Uh, Bears moving up, Justin Fields. We talked about that a little bit maybe the best quarterback in Bears history uh, right off the bat. And, uh, and Mac Jones just fallen to the Patriots, you know, the Patriots didn't have to move just Mac Jones right there, back the truck up. So Jay, for you, man, which, which quarterback is going to excel the most given the situation that they're in? Like I said, it's not maybe who's the best quarterbacks we've seen good talent sometimes thrive in bad situations or not thrive in bad situations and prosper later or whatever. But right now, who do you think is the quarterback best set to succeed? Who's going to be like our, our rookie of the year, maybe? I don't think there's any doubt that it's Justin Fields. Look, going into the draft, uh, the under-over on wins for the Chicago Bears for this coming season was either seven and a half or eight, depending on where you gambled at. <laughs> I got to think it's nine or ten in their uh, playoff contention now, right? I think, and an NFC that, that has a few teams at the top and is really bottom-heavy, it, it just feels – like a kind of at a disgruntled Rogers in the same division I, and a Kirk cousins who just had a guy drafted his replacement already, who's still there and has been kind of eh, underperforming his big contract. Like you got angry uh, quarterbacks all around you in that division. I think Justin Fields is, is the immediate winner. He's the guy we talk about the most this year. Uh, looking down the road though, uh, Kyle Trask from Miami, who just has to drive to Tampa Bay and study under Tom Brady for a few years and then inherit that team from him. He might be the big winner long-term. You know, Kyle Trask, yeah, no, uh, Florida, Florida. But Kyle Trask is a definitely, definitely an interesting proposition there. Pe backing up Brady, no, er, no, no quick need to start. 
No, I, 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 I like I like position that position for your training for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great dark horse pick there, Jay. I like it. I like it, Chad. Who who do you got, man? Which 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 QBs in the best situation? You're gonna go Homer and say it's your boy. I think it's uh, Mac Jones. You know, you, you pointed out, Di, that the the opportunity for the Patriots to not have to make a move to get a guy who fits their scheme so perfectly. Uh, that's that's brilliant, and they do have the built-in leverage with Cam. And if he can be better with the the dearth of talent he had a year ago, and and what he's uh, Belichick's done to bulk up his his skill position, I mean, maybe Cam can carry it for a while, and 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 then you can see. Mac, I think Mac Jones is is in a position to succeed, especially with his relationship. Um, with 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 Saban and and how they are so similar and how they do things and you're not going to see Mac miss a step in terms of expectations and how he's held to the fire and what he has to do to prepare himself he's going to be in a very similar situation so he could find himself by game six thrust into an opportunity with a, a defense that's now got all of its guys back from opting out COVID-wise, some renewed opportunities to get the ball down the field. He's not got the strongest arm, but he's he's in a position where he's going to be absolutely only asked to play to his strengths, and that's what Belichick does. He's he's a guy who's a mastermind in, in creating those opportunities for him. So I love Justin Fields. I think that's a, a long-term super solution for them. I think it's obviously better than either uh, um, the pellet gun or, or fools. I don't think either of those are the long-term. I mean, Fields has found himself in exactly the right spot. Chicago moves up and does the right thing to get him. But in, in a position to succeed now is Mac Jones. All right, so which, which, which quarterback, guys, do you see – um, starting, I guess, because I mean, obviously, we're going to see Trevor Lawrence starting probably day one down in Jacksonville. Probably going to see Zach Wilson starting day one over there for the Jets. But Chad, you mentioned like you could see Jimmy Garoppolo starting the season for uh for your Niners. We could see Cam starting the season for the Patriots, and could we see Dalton start the season for the Bears? Jay, I mean, they 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 tweeted out or whatever that he was their number one guy prior to this draft. They they put it on Twitter, dude. I mean, is this is this is this like are they going to piss off the the, the red pellet gun? What's up? I, I don't know. I, don't, I actually don't know if they will. I mean, people are always get really excited about a shiny new toy, but you don't want to go out and crash your car on day one, right? Uh, uh, it all depends on how quickly Fields can pick up Nagy's offense. It's kind of that's just how it goes. Uh, a lot of times you see people get mad that their team won't start the new guy right away. I wouldn't be surprised if Dalton started the season, but I don't expect him to last long this season. I, I, I think this is something that, that goes until the Bears slide like two games and then, then Fields jumps in there right away. I, I think he's starting by week six, but I would not be surprised if Dalton started the season. That would not surprise me in the slightest. And then, you know, maybe you lose to each of your division rivals and all of a sudden he's out of there and then Fields is in and you're, you're, you're on a run. But I, I can see Dalton starting the season. I, and I can see Jimmy G starting the season too. I think people are always expecting after the draft a new guy to start and then reality kicks in when you get to training camp and they don't know how to read all these defenses that your scout teams are throwing at them and suddenly they're not starting week one. 
All right, so let's let's talk about that's that. Exactly Who right, is Dave. the that's offense? Exactly right. That's why I said that about Jimmy G. I mean, Lance is the future, and so is Fields for them. But you know, the question is this: I mean, Lynch and Shanahan have way more rope in San Francisco than Nagy does. Nagy's ass will be on fire as soon as things start to go sideways, especially after you moved up to get a guy like Fields. They're gonna be they're gonna be feeling the heat to put him in there and at least see what he can do so they can have a little bit of hope. So that's the only difference I see there. I, I, I think the, clip, the clipboard will be in the hands a little longer for Lance than it will be Fields. All right, so who is offensive rookie of the year, guys? Is it going to be one of these quarterbacks? Is it going to be one of these wide receivers? Is it going to be Kyle Pitts over there for the Falcons? Who's your, who's your, who's your rookie of the offensive rookie of the year, Jay? Offensive rookie of the year? Oh, man. I don't think it's going to be a quarterback. I, I'll, I'll be a homer and say Najee Harris for the Steelers because they haven't had a run game in forever. But I think chances are it'll end up being a wide receiver in this day and age, you know, uh, that's just what it'll be. And it'll probably be somebody kind of unexpected. All right. All right. So you're going, you're going to wide out, but not one of the, one of the, one of the top not three. One of we'll the say. Right. Yeah. Not one of the top three wideouts. It's a prize. All right, Chad, who's your, who's your off? Because I think I might be leaning Kyle Pitts. You know, Art, Art, Art Smith really likes Matt Ryan, wants to keep Matt Ryan, didn't want to draft a quarterback when Kyle Pitts at four. I might be going Kyle Pitts offensive rookie of the year. Well, you, you're both reading my mind. Kyle Pitts is who jumps off the page. And my dark horse sleeper is Elijah Moore in uh, New York. And that kid from Ole Miss, he's, he's fr- a freak. And, you know, you, you're going to see – him have an opportunity to do stuff. I, it, Elijah Moore, I'm calling it. Hey, look, I like Elijah Moore. I, I don't know if you saw A.J. Brown, Elijah Moore. Uh, they uh, they were together when Elijah got drafted. A.J. really wanted to come be a Titan with him. I wanted to come be a Titan too, but hey, now he's going to join former Titan Corey Davis up there in the in, in the Jets area. So we'll see. Give Zach Wilson all sorts of weapons. If Robert Salah is a coach, we all think he might be. The Jets could be a contender soon. All right, what about defensive rookie of the year? Any any, any predictions? I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, – who, who, who did I have? Oh, all right, I had mine. I think I'm going Parsons, man. I think I might be going Micah Parsons. I think, you know, going to the, going to the Cowboys, I think he fits that, that, that mold where Sean Lee um, retired and whatnot. And, Jay, I know you're a big Sean Lee fan. Um, so I'm going Micah Parsons, I think, for defensive rookie of the year just off the top. Jay, you got a pick? Yeah, I think, geez, these rookie of the year things are too too early to tell. But maybe <laughs> come on, I don't care. <laughs> maybe give me maybe give me Phillips with the Dolphins, an edge rusher on a team that already has a strong defense and might slip up and be competitive against the uh, the Bills and the Pats. All right, all right, I, I can do that, man. Especially Flores. Flores got good D coaching down there, so you know. All right. Chad, you got a way too, uh, way too impossible pick for defensive rookie. Of the yeah, year. I'm with you, Die. I love this kid, Parsons. I think that's just like the most natural fit ever. They were real smart in how they ne- negotiated their picks to get him, and I, I think he's he's. It, I, I, it, it's one of the coolest moments of the draft watching him jump into Goodell's arms. Uh, you know, just a, a guy who had seen his life being a cowboy and now is going to bring that to fruition and that's a position of need for them. I, I don't see how it's not him. I think he'll be uh, in the top 15 tackles in all of football next year. All right. All right, guys. Now, 
last final prediction, way too soon pick. Give me your Super Bowl matchup for next year, Jay. Who do you got in the Super Bowl? Oh, man, Zoom is killing me. Oh, I was already unmuted. Yes. <laughs> way too early Super Bowl prediction. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, I don't know who to take in the NFC. The NFC is the tough one, huh? Well, are you taking your Steelers in the AFC or what? Or you just feel like the Chiefs are the default? I think the Chiefs are the default. I'll, I'll take the Chiefs to win, definitely. I just can't make up my mind in the NFC at all. I'm going to go Chiefs-Rams. Ooh, ooh, all right, all right. Jackson, who do you got? Way too early Super Bowl prediction. Niners-Patriots. What? Who's, who's quarterbacking these Niners? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever, whoever the, whoever the well, matchup I, advantages, if 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 it's if it's uh, an advantage to have Jimmy G in there and hand it off seventy-one times, or if we need to, you know, navigate the RPO and Lance is the guy. I expect that Shanahan is going to play both of them. I expect that he's going to try and and find ways to sneak Lance on the field where he's able to be productive and create an advantage for them. So. I, you know, you're, you're trying to win at all costs. It doesn't matter. And this is, I've been screaming this forever. You know, it's like you're, you're looking at, have you heard this? I mean, Tebow is talking about auditioning for tight end in Jacksonville. Have you heard this? I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Cause he loves right? Urban Meyer. So you're, you're talking about squeezing as many good athletes on the field as you can. And however that works, if, if you have to bruise an ego, if, if Jimmy G can accept his part and his place in it and understand that there are going to be times when the Niners have a better chance to win with Lance on the field, then the whole team wins. It's, it's, that's the, the nature of a winning organization is you sacrifice your ego and you don't have to be the starter. What you're after is, is the, the big chip at the end, that ring, that Lombardi. And if you can get everybody to buy into that, then, you know, this Niners team, especially with their, their rebuild, on, rebuild on defense and, and getting guys back, and if Moser can have a, a season where he stays on the field with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, and, you know, this team, I'm telling you, this Niners team could be something special. Yeah, the problem is, there's still that team down in Tampa Bay that didn't get any worse, Not guys. Even worse. So they got everybody me... back plus. That's what I'm saying. Who didn't get it? Yeah, like I said, they only got better. So uh, give me – I might be a year early on this. I might be a year early, but give me the bloodbath bowl. Give me, give me Brady versus Belichick. Give me Tampa Bay and New England. Might be a year early on this. They might, the NFL might be waiting to script this one for Brady's final season. So we might be a year early. But because we all Tampa know Bay that that is sure part of it. Like I said, so give me Tampa Bay at least on the NFC side. All right, guys. That's, uh, that's it for our post-draft show. Hopefully, um, hopefully you've got some insight as well. Hit us up. Let us know. Uh, like I said, you can find us on Twitter at Kings Tailgate. Find us on Instagram at the Tailgate Kings 101. Of course, find us on Facebook. We are the Tailgate Kings. Chef Chad, Dr. Die, Jason Reynolds, and Casey Jones taking care of his baby. He'll give you his own Green Bay Packer update soon. We'll be back. Uh, probably talk, uh, talk some, you know, uh, fantasy football uh implications here in a, in a couple and I, weeks. I mean you know, look we'll the, the nba season is wrapping up we're gonna have to address these things that are happening the play-in games all of the all of the you know drama around if you were here we would be going tomorrow to new orleans to see my 
my Golden State Warriors play, they got a, a back-to-back in New Orleans Monday and Tuesday. You know, there's – I think we're down to the last 10 games in the NBA, and, and you know, you're getting guys back, you're getting guys injured, you're getting – this NBA season is going to turn out to be something incredible, and I think that the, the NBA MVP is going to be something we're going to have to discuss. Is it Jokic? Who, who's who's the MVP? I mean, is it Jokic by default? I'd love to hear you guys' take on this because I think the NBA is going to finish with a flourish. I think there's going to be a, a lot of fun to be had in this postseason. All right, so we might get a special NBA podcast in there. Hopefully we'll get some Jackson the Kid up. And, uh, and Jay, I want to talk to you about baseball soon, I promise. All right, y'all.